The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We have a betting preview here for the state of Wisconsin. We're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you should bet that game, we're going to also talk about the Badgers and the Michigan Wolverines. We're going to talk about both slates, NFL, and college. We're going to talk about how do you deal with having a wedding on an awesome college football slate. Let me tell you, there's not not a lot of things you can do, but we'll we'll go, I'm going to help you. We're going to figure it out. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Brewers and whether you should put a future down on the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll get into all of that, but let's dive in right now to the Green Bay Packers. So Green Bay Packers play at Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. The Packers, at the time of taping this podcast, which is Friday morning, the Packers are favored by... Seven points. It is seven even. It was the line opened at six and a half. It has moved to seven. Um, right now it's even odds. So more money coming in on the Steelers as of right now. I'm sure that will change as the weekend goes on. I could even see the Packers getting up to seven and a half. Packers are very public at this time. Now, granted, it's Friday. A lot can change, but early money has piled in on the Green Bay Packers. And if you remember. Last time that I felt this confident, I feel very confident about this game, but last time I felt very confident was the New Orleans Saints game, and that went way wrong. And there was a lot of money on the Packers in that game. A lot of people lost money on the Green Bay Packers with everyone having a overconfident stance on the Green Bay Packers. I don't think you have any reason to worry against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really do like the Packers in this game, laying the seven. Um, if you want to buy it down to the six and a half, I don't hate that. If it does get to seven and a half, make sure you get seven just in case you don't get hooked. Like get it down to that football number so you can avoid that because I love Green Bay in this game. Like I just think the Packers have everything that Pittsburgh doesn't right now. I think Pittsburgh's in a bad spot. I think you're catching Pittsburgh at the perfect time. I do not know if when you're playing Pittsburgh in early November, if things are going to look different. There is a chance they could. There's a chance it could not. There's a chance Pittsburgh might just be a trash team and they might be the worst team in the AFC North. I mean, Cincinnati, even though they've played some subpar opponent. Well, not really. I mean, they played, I was going to say subpar opponents. I mean, they beat Minnesota. They beat Pittsburgh, who's a rival who they've struggled with on the road. They came back from being down down a hell of a lot of points yesterday to beat Jacksonville. And Cincinnati is now three and one. So like it or not, the Bengals have three wins and they're three and one. I don't think they're well coached. I think they have a good team. Like to me, Cincinnati is the Arizona of the Midwest. Like they are a lot similar to with they have talent, but they have an awful coaching staff. And I think Zach Taylor is worse, worse than Cliff Kingsbury. If you had a gun to my head about which one would you rather have coach the Packers, I would choose Kingsbury over Taylor any day of the fucking week. But still, Cincinnati's 3-1. So Pittsburgh does have a lot of pressure on them to win this game in a competitive AFC North. But I just don't think Pittsburgh's there right now. I think Big Ben's a real issue. He's a complete statue. The guy can barely move. He can't throw the ball downfield. He is dead last in deep passes this year. So the vertical attack, which was Big Ben's game, is no longer there. So guys like Chase Claypool are really not effective because that's kind of what Claypool wants to do. He wants to be a vertical receiver. He's not a guy to catch quick passes. He's not a guy to get out in the flat. So yeah, you can run your hitch screens, your bubble screens to Juju Smith-Schuster and your flare outs to Najee Harris, 
But at the end of the day, Green Bay is gonna Green Bay is gonna read that. Green Bay is gonna have that ready to go, and they're gonna play up and make sure that Pittsburgh can't do much. And one other thing that was really interesting about the Packers and why I I like the Packers a lot from a defensive side of the 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 table is. They've played against really good offensive lines for three straight weeks. I think people have kind of forgot about this. I forgot about this. Ross Algum pointed it out of the Packer report. Like, they faced some really good tackles, like, all throughout. McGlinchey last week Trent Will- and Trent Williams. Then you had Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker the two weeks prior. And then Ramchek and Armstead in week one. Those are all good tackles. Those are all, like, near Pro Bowl left and right tackles. And now they face a Pittsburgh offensive line that's terrible. That has been bad for a while. And they've tried to put piece together, but it just isn't working. Like a lot of what what uh, the Chargers did with their offensive line, getting guys like Bulaga and Lindsley the last couple of years. Now, granted, there are guys, but that to me, like the Chargers did and drafted Rashawn Slater, like the Pittsburgh Steelers should have made inroads in getting an offensive lineman. Like I understand they needed a running back, but they could have easily had a left tackle or a right tackle in that spot and flourished and started to build back that offensive line. So the Packers should be smelling blood. They should be sending the house. Joe Barry's pressure should be all the way there and they should be able to frustrate Big Ben. I didn't see any props for this. Sometimes the props come out, I think Saturday or Sunday, like look for like an over on sacks right? Like that to me is something I would bet for the Packers. Like I would bet the over on sacks because I think Green Bay is going to have a really good day defensively. And I don't hate them as a daily fantasy play too, by the way. I don't play daily fantasy anymore. So I have no idea like if where Green Bay will be, but if they're like a 2-5 or a 2-7 defense, like to me, that seems like an awesome play for daily fantasy to save you some money so you can have some more, some big name players out there. Another reason why I like the Packers minus the seven is the offense. I mean, the Green Bay Packers have been rolling. Aaron Rodgers, since the first game where everyone was like, what the fuck, Aaron Rodgers is rolling. He's been playing really well. The Steelers defense is good. They do have some talent. We see if TJ Watt plays or not. I think that is a big bet, big bet factor as well as if Elton Jenkins plays. And if they... We'll see. They can't. I think they kind of cancel each other out. Like if Watt plays and Jenkins plays, I think it's canceled out. But if Watt plays and Jenkins does it, Josh Neiman has another tough task. But he did really well against Nick Bosa. It's, nothing tells me that he can't handle TJ Watt. I feel good. I think the Packers will have had done well offensively. I'm not worried about that offensive line against the Pittsburgh pass rush. I think they need to keep running the football. I think they need to keep with that quick attack. That quick attack really worked against San Francisco. And I think it could really work against Pittsburgh. I will see a lot. I think you'll see a lot of Devontae Adams. I think Joe Hayden, while a decent corner, I think Devontae is much better in terms of that matchup. So I think you'll see a lot of Devontae. Wouldn't surprise me if they try to get Bob Tunyon involved since he hasn't been involved much this season. So maybe they try to work him in. Same with Randall Cobb, who people have been clamoring for, but it could just be that Randall Cobb is not that good anymore, which I think we knew two years ago. And this was simply a move as a peace offering to Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. But yes, I think Green Bay will flourish in this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I actually think the Packers are going to win this by at least two scores. I, I really like the Packers in this game. I just feel very confident. I think where Pittsburgh is right now is not in a good spot. And you're catching Pittsburgh at the perfect time. And I would put the Packers in a lot of things. Like You could easily put the Packers in a tease that involves the Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
the Los Angeles Rams, although that line's down now. So now you might not put it in a tease. That line's dipped. It was at six. It's now at four and a half. That's really interesting. But maybe the Seahawks plus three, get that up to 10. Is the Seahawks really going to lose to the San Francisco 49ers by less than 10 or nine points? Do me seven point tease, get the Packers down to just minus. Um, I like that. Um, Those are all interesting things, things that you could do. Um, You could put the Titans in a tease. I don't really like that. Titans on the road scare me against the New York Jets. I think that's a pure stay away. But if you want, I mean, oh, the Saints is another good one. Saints at home against that Giants team is seven and a half. So much emotion being back in, in New Orleans. I would lo- I love the Saints in that spot too. So those are all, all interesting. There's a lot of good teases, a lot of good money line stuff this week compared to others. I also really kind of like the Vikings plus two and knock that up. Vikings being home dogs makes zero sense to me. I would not have the Vikings as a home dog until <laughs> until otherwise. Like Minnesota with a full stadium is a really tough place to play. They are so good at home against the spread. I love. I actually really like Minnesota plus two, which I liked Minnesota last week, and that that paid dividends. And I think I like Minnesota again plus two. I'm um, looking at the early lines without making a ton of decisions. I I kind of do too. Also like the Colts. Plus two, I don't like it as much, but I just think Indianapolis is in that sort of desperation mode where they're going to try to get a win and avoid going 0-4 because they go 0-4. I mean, what's left? Everyone loves the Lions this week plus three, so I like the Bears. Uh, I actually, I don't know if I actually like the Bears. I, I just think you can't really trust the Lions. It seemed like everybody was on the Bengals um, yesterday, and I was like, that's weird. Bengals should not be favored by seven against anyone, even the Jaguars, and that proved to be true. And even if the Bengals were five, which I actually probably would have really liked, that that wasn't that wasn't good. So I that's why I like the Jags in that game. I I don't know what that felt. There's a lot of kind of games where I'm I'm kind of unsure about. Cowboys Panthers is super interesting because so the Cowboys are favored by four and a half. Panthers really haven't played anybody. If you look at that schedule, it is not that great. And the Cowboys look kind of like juggernauts. So maybe are you getting in early? Like maybe should that line be six or seven? Remember Panthers out, not with Christian McCaffrey. Defense is good. Might be the best defense Dak Prescott has faced this year. But are the is the Cowboys offense just that much better? And is the Panthers defense success a product of who they've played? They play the Jets. They play the Texans. And then they've also they've also played the Saints. But that Saints team was definitely a hungover after their big win against the Packers. The same could be said with the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are a one-point dog at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Broncos, early season, altitude, the whole thing, right? And the Broncos definitely have a lot there. But it's like, how can you trust the Denver team that has beat the Jets, that has beat the Jaguars, and that has beat the New York Giants? That's kind. Of, those are three of the worst teams in football right now. I personally cannot trust Denver. I think that's a great spot for Baltimore. I understand Denver is a really tough place to play. I understand the altitude can be a thing, but I think too, if you have a Baltimore team that wants to run the football, even though the Broncos defense is good, running the football in that altitude is going to wear you down. So I don't know. There's a lot of interesting, this is an interesting slate. Buccaneers, Patriots, everyone talking about it. I actually really like the Buccaneers plus, or I'm sorry, the Patriots plus seven. I think that's too many points. I think the Buccaneers defense has not proven to me that they're a team that can cover. 
at this point. I don't think the Buccaneers defense is that good. I think that Bill Belichick wants to be an underdog. I think that game will be close. I don't I don't foresee it being just this complete blowout by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And maybe it is early. I think Patriot uh, Buccaneers might be a first quarter bet, if anything. And I know that's a weird hedge to be like, all right, I'll bet the Buccaneers in the first quarter, but I will bet the Patriots in, for the full game. We, we'll have to ask first quarter Murph on that um, and see what he says. And if you're not familiar with first quarter Murph, our good friend Nolan is a first quarter better, and he does it well. And he, he's always a, a good resource for those first quarter bets. So we'll have to, we'll have to tap in and see if he, he buys into the first quarter uh, Buccaneers action. But maybe not. Maybe he's like, no, you bet the Patriots because just the emotion of the crowd will be so much. I don't know. It's a, it's going to be an awesome game, though. I'm really excited. This is a good, it's a good slate. Um, this is a fun slate of football. I'm kind of regretting not having the red zone. Like I always thought the red zone was a waste of money because I'm like, all right, your your team is not like you have your team's on. So the Packers in the three three o'clock spot. Like I'm not going to watch the red zone. I'm I'm going to watch the Packers. And so that to me is one of those things where I'm like, why would I, why would I waste my money here? But I don't know. I've, I've started to reconsider. So the games we get, if you're curious, we get Cleveland and Minnesota, uh, which is a great game. So we'll get that on CBS. And then on Fox, we will get Detroit and Chicago. So that sucks. But there's a but here. We do get Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib. Gus Johnson, Aqib Tlaib, Detroit, Chicago. It's not not great, guys, but at least it's at least it's something. And I would probably have preferred Carolina Dallas, but what can you do? They're just trying to get me to buy the red zone. I don't know. I might have to. I'm th- I'm thinking it's gonna. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's talk about college football. Let's talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. So Wisconsin Badgers are playing the Michigan Wolverines. It is a 11 a.m. start yet again. Gus Johnson. Oh. Gus Johnson weekend. I'm also sorry about this noise. Let's see. All right, we're gonna close the window there. I've, I'm sorry, totally sorry about that. I thought it was gonna go on for a couple times, and I was like, all right, I'll just avoid it. I like having my windows open as throughout the day and just get some fresh air in, get the sun in, and for every reason, we're back in the Brinks truck up or Lizzo's walking around. I don't know, but anyways, um, Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin is a one and a half point favorite at this point. Um, the money line is Wisconsin minus one twenty five. Um, there are a lot of things that tell me this is a complete stay away. So Wisconsin can't go one and three. I had this, I was wrote, wrote a betting preview up for the blog as like a way to promote the socials. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, the whole thing. And I didn't realize the Badgers have not been one and three since 1990. That is crazy. That is absolutely absurd to me that the Badgers have not been one and three since 1990. That was the first year that Barry Alvarez took over. The Badgers were one in ten that year, so obviously one in three. Not a surprise, right? But that—that's wild. The Badgers have always kind of started out quick, so that's why this season has been so weird. If you look at like the Badgers throughout history, some years even when they're like eight and five, or they're you know even they have three or four losses, they might start out still four and zero or three and one. Now, some of that could be the Badgers were classically known to play cupcakes early on, and so they kind of bolstered their resume. The Badgers really don't have a didn't have a regular season cupcake besides Eastern Michigan. Like Army, who they play in two weeks, Army is not a cupcake at all. Uh, in fact, I like I love betting Army. I love that Army team um, with 
Jeff Munkin as their head coach. So I, I do not. We'll see what that line looks like when we, we get there in a couple weeks. But yes, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Michigan's also trying to prove that Michigan's back, right? Michigan's trying to prove that they are finally back. They are relevant again. And the Badgers have done a great job of making Michigan irrelevant in the last couple of years. I mean, Wisconsin won 49 to 11 against them last year at home in the big house. Now, granted, there were no fans at all in that big house. So is it really the big house? The Badgers absolutely wiped the floor with them. Two years ago, the Badgers also wiped the floor with Michigan in 11 a.m., big noon Saturday. Kind of a similar vibe, almost even more at that point. Coincidentally enough, had a wedding that day. And Wisconsin absolutely wiped them out. And that was a huge win for the Badgers. And it propelled that season for them. So Michigan has this whole thing of like, we have to prove to ourselves that we are back and that we can do this. Now, Michigan... The trends don't favor them. They have not won a game as an underdog in the last 18 games straight up. So just not spread, nothing, just straight up. Michigan has not won in 18 games. That's crazy to me. They haven't really been that good of a spread team overall as is. Now, one and a half, when we're at one and a half, kind of that spread stuff gets thrown out the window, honestly, because it, it really it really doesn't matter. Like they're four and 12, four and eight against the spread in their last 12 games. Uh, that that is not good. They're one in six against the spread in their last seven games against Wisconsin. But Wisconsin, coincidentally enough, is two and six against the spread in their last eight games. This not spread related, Wisconsin has lost seven straight games against ranked opponents. So there's nothing that that tells you that Wisconsin's good right now, and there's nothing that tells you that you should trust Wisconsin. So to me, this is a stay away, guys. Like, don't bet this game. Okay, like. There's enough college football out there on Saturday that you do not need to waste your time with this. I know there are some people who is like, no matter what, like I'm gonna bet my team. Okay, cool. But it's not worth it. It's not worth it because there's nothing to me that would say, all right, well, maybe we should lay, maybe you should lay the points with Wisconsin and just figure it out. Because I don't know what this Badger team is. I, I think they are easily the most, one of the more unpredictable college football teams right now. We don't know what Wisconsin is. I think you could also lump it's a little bit different because they're better teams. At, well, maybe not, but they have more of a profile right now. But like, that's the same way I feel about Clemson. That's the same way I feel about Oklahoma. That's the same way I feel about, I wouldn't say Alabama, but I, I don't like Alabama this week against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a 14-point underdog. We know you don't make money betting against Alabama, but... I don't know how you can look at that and say Ole Miss isn't the team that you should bet on in that in that situation. So I just think there's a lot of teams who are have unknowns, and the Badgers are definitely one of them. And I think that I do think that Notre Dame game is a little bit fraudulent. I think that you know you look at it and you say, all right, you peel back the pick six, two pick sixes, so that's 14 points, and you and the special teams touchdown. There's 21 points right there. So you do the math here. The Badgers lost 20 to 10. That that's the final score. That's or it was this 13, excuse me. The Badgers lost 20 to 13. If you if you peel that back, if you take away all those points, the Badgers lost 20 to 13 to Notre Dame. That's not terrible. That's, you know, whatever. It, the Vegas screwed up that line, but at the end of the day, 20 to 10 is not bad. 20 to 10 isn't bad. And that could be your calling card to say, well, 
maybe they can compete with Michigan. It's a must-win situation. They've played Michigan really well. They have Paul Christ, I think, has a lot of confidence against Jim Harbaugh and against the Michigan defense. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think just enjoy it as a fan. Don't bet it. You have no, there's no real good trend that says, yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin is the play. I don't see it. And it may be a guy like Chris Bear Felica sees something, maybe another sharp sees something, but I don't see it. And I'm, I'm an amateur. So maybe, maybe the experts do, but I certainly do not. I love this slate of college football. I could kiss it on the mouth. I'm very, very sad that I will be at a wedding later, later in the day. You start the day off with Arkansas and Georgia. I realize the spread's 18. That is absolutely absurd to me. I can't believe it is that high. I understand that Arkansas has some flaws, and I understand that Georgia's defense is otherworldly. But Georgia, similar conversation with like the Denver Broncos and Carolina. Like, who have you played? Like Clemson. How good is Clemson really? How good you beat UAB up? So yeah, maybe that's noteworthy. And then you beat. Vanderbilt, but you start the day off with that. Like I'm for sure going to have Michigan, Wisconsin, whether it be the computer or the TV. I don't have two TVs yet. I think that to me is it will definitely be a two screen day for both of those games because those games are great to start off your college football. Then you get Cincinnati, Notre Dame at 1:30. Cincinnati, Notre Dame's a one and a half point. Oh no, they're one and a half point dog. Excuse me, at home against Cincinnati. I kind of like Cincinnati in that game. I just feel like it's their Super Bowl, man. They know it is. Notre Dame, to me, has been not impressive all year. I haven't looked at Notre Dame and said one thing I like, like in any of the games. Like, I really liked Purdue a couple weeks ago and let me down. But still, I just haven't been that impressed with Notre Dame all season. I think I think Cincinnati can get them. Cincinnati's the best team they've played. And I don't know if Notre Dame is playing their best football right now. And then you go into Mississippi, Alabama. We talked about that. That should be a hell of a game. You also have Oregon-Stanford in that 230 slot. That's a sneaky good game. Oregon headed to the farm. Florida-Kentucky at 5 o'clock. Kentucky, 7.5 home dog and a huge game for Kentucky. Florida coming off the big win against Tennessee. I don't know. That's like like the Wildcats there. And then at night, you have the – I don't get that excited about Indiana-Penn State. I, you have you have Clemson LSC or not Clemson sorry Clemson plays Boston College I actually really like Boston College plus fourteen and a half there, uh, but you also have um, Auburn LSU at night. The night slate isn't as good, so I guess that is my saving grace. I think where it hurts with the wedding is you have the Cincinnati Notre Dame and you have the Mississippi Alabama games, and you're like, what do you do wedding wise? Well, the one thir- Notre Dame does start at one thirty, so. The wedding, I think we have to be there. Cocktail hour starts around 4.30. We're getting to Morgan's parents' house around 4. So Notre Dame games should be wrapping up. Now, granted, some games can go like five hours or four hours. So who knows? But maybe you get the end of that Notre Dame game. Maybe you can convince. And so then at least you get that game plus the 11 a.m. games. That 2.30, though, is tough. That that There's not much you can do. What I would recommend and what I would do, if you are in a similar situation, I have to think this is a popular wedding weekend and wedding weekends to come, just turn on the scoring alerts. Just turn on the scoring alerts. Like, then at least you know, like, what's going on. Like, it's not like you're on your phone. You're just, all of a sudden you look, you're like, oh, it's uh, it's 35 to to 31. 
and it's there. And like sometimes maybe you just hope for a blowout. Even if you're on Mississippi, like maybe it's a blowout, and then you're like, all right, great, I don't have to worry about this. I don't care. And it's like, yeah, the night slate's the night slate, but then it's like, oh, maybe just check in, see what the scores are. But that's it. I think it's overrated, and I think it's kind of like trashy to be like having your phone out and be like watching the games and shit like that. Like that, that's not great. Like if you have an opportunity, maybe, but like it has to be the right like wedding. Like I don't think this is a venue for it. For example, like I do think like where I was, I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and I and it was like a family thing, and it was there were we didn't know a lot of people, and we didn't really have to be like social, and that to me is one where you can flip it open and be like, all right, cool. But in this situation, no way. So that's kind of my stance on it. Um, but yeah, you can get through it. Score alerts and things like that. You'll be you'll be all right if you're in in the same situation as I am. All right, let's wrap up the show. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. And if you want to place a future down on the Brewers, should you do that? What we what are we looking at right now? So the Milwaukee Brewers, American the national sorry National League, not the American League, the National League winner. I had those odds, and I don't know where they went. They oh they took them off. I think oh no here we go. The National League winner, the Brewers are plus three hundred right now to just win the National League. To win the National League, they are plus three hundred. Not bad. Not not terrible. Um, not not necessarily. They have the second best odds with the San Francisco Giants than the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now in the World Series winner, when you go to that, it's a little bit better. Brewers are plus seven fifty, so they're, that's not bad, right? Seven seven point five to one odds on the Brewers to actually win the whole thing. They are the same odds as the White Sox, the Rays, the Giants, the Astros, and the Dodgers. All of better odds. The Yankees, Braves, and Cardinals are the next three. Red Sox, Blue Jays, and then Mariners at 50 to 1 are there. Crazy the Mariners are still involved. I absolutely love that. I like it as a World Series bet, honestly. I think that to me is the one. It, that to me has more value at seven at 750. Like I just think that's to me one where you can take a flyer on it. So you don't have to put a ton on it. And then you, you can make back a good amount of money. I think plus 300 is a little short in my opinion. I think that would be something maybe you wait and see what else is offered there. Um, whether it be maybe the Brewers lose the first game, right? And, the, and then the odds kind of change. I think you wait to jump on that. I don't necessarily think you get on that at right away. Um, and if they do offer, some books will shut it down. Like looking at this, it, the the books will close on the third for these the World Series odds. So it seems like the American League winner and the World Series odds are there. Also, too, what and I think it might be be minus money, so it might not be worth it. Is just picking the National League to win the World Series. And to say, all right, because the, then it's like you have this umbrella. It's like, great, the Brewers win, cool. But if like the Dodgers knock out the Brewers, the Giants knock out the Brewers, or even the Braves, like, cool, you're protected, right? Like you, you're kind of taken care of. And it's like, well, I, I didn't lose all this because I still have the National League. And then you're like Rob Lowe in the in the stadium, and you're like, all right, here's here's what I'm doing. So I think it's more of a World Series bet than a National League bet. That's to me what I would lean into if I were going to do that. I'm not a huge future guy just for just for the NFL and college, really. Um, I just I don't know. It's weird to just have it out there. Like even golf makes me cranky sometimes. Where it's like I have I'll have money out for golf in the week, and then I'm like I gotta wait till Sunday to see what happens with it. And that that can be annoying. So if you are aren't like me and you're like someone who's more 
more at a habitual state, then I don't know. Do it. Get it. I would bet the World Series, though, over the National League. I think you have better odds at this point. Also, it's interesting the Yankees are plus 550. That's kind of interesting. That's a little short, in my opinion. But we'll see. All right. That will do it for our show. We will be back uh, Sunday night uh, with the Steelers-Packers reaction. We'll talk Badgers-Wolverines as well. And get you ready for the postseason for the Milwaukee Brewers. We already know it's Brewers and Braves. We're not going to talk too much about it. um, Just because I want to do that with Mitch um, later in the week. Um, Mitch and I have to figure out our schedule too. Because the Cardinals wildcard game is Wednesday night. So we'll have to talk through that. Who knows. Maybe Mitch, I have something going on Thursday. But maybe Mitch and I do an early podcast on Thursday. Maybe right after work and get it get it taped and which isn't usually my my specialty i usually like to do our pods later in the day and and everything like that and kind of rewind but since i have something going on thursday so maybe it maybe it's that so we'll we'll figure it out trust me uh don't worry about it sorry that i've had some later the morning podcast not having him for the commute i know you guys like him for the commute we'll try to get better at that as i'm transitioning out of the blogging stuff i will do my best but i'll full transparency the packer niner game killed me because i was up to like 1 30 doing stuff and i was basically playing catch up with my sleep all throughout the week all right take care of yourself have a good one we'll be back monday see you bye